Welcome to the Learning to Change podcast, where we explore the power of the modern learner's lens and put the focus on learning. I'm your host, Melissa Emler, and today I talk with Graham Callis. Graham recently transitioned from his role as the budget and policy analyst for the Wisconsin Department of Justice to an empowering journey as the owner of Your Story Life Coaching. The episode promises to be enlightening as Graham combines his analytical skills with the art of storytelling. His unique approach to help individuals make sense of their experiences shows us the transformative power of stories. Together, we'll uncover the profound lessons that come from sharing and listening to life's narratives, emphasizing the invaluable insights that can be learned from every chapter. And when people learn, people change. So grab your favorite beverage, find a cozy spot, and get ready for a heartfelt conversation that blends the beauty of storytelling with the essence of learning. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Graham Callis. Welcome to the show, Graham. It is so nice to have you here on the Learning to Change podcast. Welcome. Yeah, thank you very much, Missy. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. So I think it's really interesting that you just started a business called Your Story Life Coaching in the recent months. And I would love to know the story about how that came to be. So it was several years ago, I found myself in therapy. And not only did therapy help me recover from the depression that that I was experiencing, but it also I emerged from that process with this just incredible feeling of wanting to give back. I, w- I just wanted to help other people. And I looked into becoming a therapist and I was like, I've been through school enough. I don't want to I don't want to do another four years or five years of college and mm-hmm. all that comes with that. But my she was my fiance at the time, my wife now, she suggested that I look uh, into this coaching program because she had looked at it a few times over the years and uh, the UW Certified Professional Coaches Program. It just felt right. And uh, as I started taking the course, it all fell into place. I was I was employed. I was working at the state at the time, the state of Wisconsin. And as I'm reading through the course material, I was like, I want to give a hundred percent to this, to this process, to this learning. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I wouldn't be able to do that in my full-time job. So I, I call myself semi-retired now, uh, cause I'm, I am dipping into my retirement a little bit in order to make this happen. And so, uh, I, I successfully completed the course in June and I'm, you know, in, I've got my business all up and running and it's been great. That's exciting to know um, that you you felt the pull to go back and learn something more. And what mm-hmm. I find really interesting and fascinating that I think so many people can relate to is the decisions that you were forced to make about, you know, do I need to go back to school to get a full degree? Um, and you were able to find an alternative path that supports you in sort of doing what you wanted to do. Um, coaching is not necessarily equated to to counseling or therapy in any way, but you found a route to helping people, which was your original goal and a path that was conducive to you, which I think is great. So how did you get to making the connection between the, the storytelling that you love and that had 
a significant impact on your life and healing to the work that you were learning about and, and practicing and doing in the coaching program. How did the pieces of storytelling and coaching come together for you? I've been telling stories on stage for about four years now, a little over four years. So the storytelling came before the coaching came into my life. And mm -hmm. what I immediately recognized was that coaches do a lot of listening. We, we allow the clients that we work with to be heard completely. Uh, we give all of our attention to them. And that's, that's the same thing that happens in storytelling. When the storytellers on stage and they're, they're, they're pouring their heart out and they're being vulnerable and open in front of this room full of complete strangers. You're you as a listener are giving your, your attention to them and, and listening to every word that they say and letting them be heard in this process, in that process. You know, I recognize that right away with, with the coaching program that storytelling and, and coaching, it allows one person one side of the relationship to be heard completely. And how many times in your life can you say that you 100% have been heard by the person that you were talking with, right? Right. Not very often. And I think that's a really important thing is to be heard. And yet I think it's undervalued. Do you feel like people don't even know what it's like to be heard? I, I think so few of us have actually experienced that. There's a great quote um, from a book that I just read recently, um, it was called Kitchen Table Wisdom. And it's all about stories that the author had collected over her career as a medical professional and uh, counseling her patients and other doctors. And one of the things that she said is that the greatest thing that you can give to another human being is your attention. Uh, because throughout the day, we're pulled in so many directions, you know, your smartphone, emails, work, stuff to do at home, kids, your attention is just pulled in so many directions. And so to sit down and give 100% of your attention to one other person for even 10 minutes is really a gift because you, you have so much else going on in your life. Yes. Yeah. So the, the next thing that I'm wondering about um, in relationship to storytelling and coaching what are some of the barriers that you've experienced through coaching with people and giving them the opportunity to tell the story, their stories? So what, what barriers do you see as the coach in those opportunities? Well, one of the barriers that I come across is that people think that their stories aren't interesting enough. And if, if you're someone that's sitting in the audience of a storytelling event or if I'm coaching you and I'm, I'm asking you to tell me your story about, you know, whatever it is, whatever topic it is you want to talk about that day, if you're thinking that your topic isn't interesting enough, you're wrong. It is. We all have stories that we've collected and gathered throughout our lives and all these experiences, and they're worth something. They've, they've made us collectively who we are today. And so... To say that that's not interesting, it's it's just wrong, and and someone out there really needs to hear that. So that I I think there just because you haven't climbed a mountain or you know jumped out of an airplane or been on a a boat that was sinking, you know it that's not necessarily the stories that people want to hear, right? If if we're looking going out and to a storytelling event to to learn about connection or to feel connection with someone, I'm not going to get that from 
someone jumping out of an airplane because I've never done that. So there's an element of honoring that lived experience mm-hmm. and honoring it for what it is in all of its simplistic nature, right? So life is one story after another and your lived experience is valuable. It's valuable to supporting you and becoming who you are, but also in potentially touching the life of someone else because storytelling creates serendipitous moments. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a time where you were working with a client or at a storytelling event where you were listening to a story that had a significant impact on your understanding of something you've experienced or have you been able to make a connection and learn something from someone else's story? Yeah. One that comes to mind is that I was at, um, I was at the local, the, the local moth storytelling event. It I actually got on stage that night and told the story and this uh, guy younger than me got on stage and he told a story about battling his depression and, and, He'd been having these suicidal thoughts for a long time, and it created this sense of connection within me because I was not too many years removed from my own really dark period in my life where I was having many similar thoughts. And, you know, it's just nice to know that I'm not alone in this world, right? Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody's suffering. Everybody's experiencing something. And so I went up afterwards and I just, you know, I, I shook his hand and I told him how courageous I thought he was for getting on stage and talking about that really traumatic time in his life and just told him that, yeah, I went through my own thing and, you know, we're, we're not alone. And it's just a real moment where, you know, I didn't know him all that well. He didn't know me all that well, but we, we had a shared experience and we were able to have a moment where we, we could support each other in just a small bit, just in that moment. Yeah. So storytelling is key to connection. Mm-hmm. You've been talking about storytelling from a stage perspective and in having an audience and, and you know, telling the story and then also listening. But how does storytelling come into your coaching practice? It's all about giving space to my clients and allowing them that space to be able to talk about whatever it is they want to talk about during our time together and just letting them go through that process and giving them my full attention, letting them be heard hundred percent. It's funny because a lot of times that, that does a lot of the work for me. Like a coach is <laughs> as a coach, I'm, I'm listening, I'm taking in everything they're saying. And when I have a moment, I will, maybe I'll repeat back what I just heard them say and ask them if that's correct. And then I'll follow up with a question to help them dig a little bit deeper. But I've encountered many, many times where my clients have just gone through a telling me about, you know, some event that happened or something that they they're working on. And then they'll they'll come up with the solution themselves just because they've had this time to talk and to put all of the thoughts that are going on in their head out there. And just them hearing themselves say it is sometimes enough for them to realize, oh, that's what's going on here. Yeah, I I find that I process things out loud a lot. And mm. it's when I'm processing out loud that I find the clarity that I'm seeking a lot. And I just need somebody to listen 
and potentially ask me the questions that, you know, my story is, you know, leaving gaps in, right? There's sometimes so much value in being asked those clarifying questions because you can get to the piece that's missing sometimes in your own thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as you find that clarity, it is so freeing. I've had that experience many times just by processing out loud with someone and getting to an epiphany simply because I got to to hear myself. I think of coaching as as an investment in yourself because as I as I mentioned earlier like our our attention and time all day long is pulled in so many directions. And so when you take the time to sit down with a coach, you are taking that time for yourself. You as a client with a coach, you are investing that time in your for yourself only which is not something that you can do you can be you can think oh well i'll i'll think about that problem later and deal with it but then you get home and there's dinner to make and there's kids to run around to events there's all kinds of things that you need to do and so you don't really take that time to work through that issue that you're facing or that problem that needs to be solved and that's what that's why i love coaching because it it's taking the time for yourself to do that, to, to work on that issue a hundred percent. So in your coaching program and training, did they, did the program mention storytelling at all? Or were you, did you like individually sort of make that connection um, to that work in general? Right. And not so much the storytelling that, that I'm referring to as in you're, you're telling a personal story about yourself, but as a coach, they're trained us to just to just listen, to actively listen to your client and to hear their words as they're talking through, you know, the events that are related to the issue that they're trying to work on. So no, not necessarily storytelling in the sense that, you know, like the moth is storytelling or Madison Story Slam is storytelling. But when a client comes to a coach, there's usually a background that that they want to, you know, put out there or Sometimes I just have have clients that come to me and want to, they just need to unload. They just need to unload their week because it was a hard week. And I just give them that space to do that. And that's so important to, to some people because they just don't have the ability to do that. Yes. Or potentially the people that they're unloading with have their own bias in the situation Um and are too closely connected to the situation to be able to fully listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about my own marriage <laughs> as an example of this because, you know, as I'm listening to my husband and or he's listening to me, we have a tendency to want to fix whatever is sort of the problem in the story, whatever mm-hmm. posing itself as the problem as a listener of my husband or my kids or my friends, I'm always wanting to fix it. And I also know that as I'm telling a story to somebody close to me, if they try to fix what I'm dealing with, I get really frustrated with them. Like they just don't understand. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think that that is really an interesting perspective on coaching where you're there to just 100% listen and that bias, you know, obviously you'll have a human bias that you could potentially bring, but that that personal bias that you have because of a connection to that person is really kept at bay as you're in that coaching conversation. Yeah, we as a coach, I try to to center myself 
if I detect my thoughts wandering off, oh, I've been in that situation, you know, I I quickly refocus myself back on the client so that I don't let my thoughts wander too much. Because the moment that I interject my own personal experience into their conversation, into their 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 story, now it's about me, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, they may they may learn a little bit, but the real learning is is going to come from themselves. Um, and from their experiences. And from their experience, yep. The other thing I'm fascinated with in regards to coaching and potentially storytelling is we are talking about individuals and the changes that they can make from the clarity that they find. And in my experience, in my lived experience, I tend to do more systems coaching. Although I would wonder um, in my situation, I think I'm not actually coaching potentially. I'm more, I'm doing more consulting, mm-hmm. um, but providing them the space and the freedom and guiding them essentially to getting more vulnerable and being able to identify those competing commitments and then sort of supporting them in in identifying how they can sort of overcome those competing commitments. But again, I'm not very committed to calling myself a coach. And part of it is I have hesitation in knowing if I really know what it means to be a coach. So did they talk about that? Or have you considered that what the difference between coaching and consulting is? And do you have a plan for staying in that coaching realm? I think of it more as coaching versus mentoring. And so coaching is is very client driven. It's all about giving this client the space and time for them to work through their own issues and make the change happen themselves. And then there's mentoring slash consulting where you are you're talking about your experiences, you're listening, taking in everything that your clients are saying, and then you know, maybe providing them with some potential solutions. So that that's the difference is that the, the solution in coaching comes from the client. Mentoring slash consulting, I think a lot of times the solution comes from the consultant or the mentor. How I handle those situations, because I've had clients ask me, what would you do in this situation? Or have you experienced this? And what, what do you think? My response is always, I'd be happy to tell you what what my experience with this has been, but I would like to hear what you think first. And so I get as much of that, I get as much of them from themselves as I possibly can before I offer my own experience or my own advice. Yeah, that's really great. One of the things that I'm taking away from what you've just said is there are definitely situations where I'm working with a client and they come up with their solution and I don't have to do anything else, right? I've supported them. They have a solution. Maybe they know exactly what the next step is, or they have sort of an action plan to produce whatever it is next. In my consulting work, we sort of come up with what that work, what the next piece of the work is. We find that clarity. And when I leave, I'm left with, okay, I'm going to take what they said, put it into practice. I'm going to create that strategic plan so that they can share it with their board or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But so when we we can find that clarity together, I can guide the group to that clarity. But I think for me, one of the biggest differences is when I leave and continue like taking that clarity and putting it into a document or a visualization 
that's consulting because I'm taking what they're thinking and I'm putting it into something that's deliverable for them. Hmm. But in coaching, I find um, that that's where if, if they found that clarity, that that's sort of the work. I don't mm-hmm. need to take the work to the next step. The, the clarity is in them. And that's what the end result they were thinking and seeking was. So yep. it's very interesting. And I appreciate this conversation to sort of suss out the concepts of coaching and consulting and, and how storytelling helps people find that clarity that they need to make the changes that they need to make. Um, but through all of it, through storytelling, through coaching, the goal is learning. Mm-hmm. And it is through learning that change actually happens. And um, that's the work that I'm really excited about is just recognizing that change can happen and it doesn't have to be a treacherous process. So what's next for you? What are you learning about? What are you trying to put into practice? I'm always looking at how I can use storytelling in my practice and what what does that look like? I'm also thinking about how how other ways that storytelling can be applied to growth and learning, you know, even healing to a degree because storytelling helped me grow as a person and helped me heal through a really tough time. You know, there's a couple of other things I'm thinking about. Like, I don't know if, if you've heard of um, NPR's story core mm-hmm. where two people sit down and have a conversation. One person asks, you know, five or six questions and the other person answers them. And then, and that, that, that conversation is archived and held in, in perpetuity. I think that's a really powerful experience. Um, I would like to do, you know, something similar to that, give people the chance to have a conversation with a friend or a loved one that can be recorded for all time. And I think there's a lot of, of growth and learning that can come out of of a conversation like that, of hearing one other person's story. I've thought about exploring grief counseling um, because, you know, everybody experiences grief in a different way, but I've come to learn that grieving isn't a bad thing. And that I think being able to, if you're, if you've lost someone that's important to you, there's a lot of power in being able to recount your story with that person to someone else and being able to kind of relive your your moments with that other person. There's just such importance to documenting experiences in life. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were talking about this and the power of storytelling, it was taking me um, to the mind of the indigenous people across mm-hmm. the country and how so many of our indigenous people are losing their language, how oral their traditions have been. And being able to take the stories that are recorded that are oral um, and potentially transcribing them so that um, they're not lost and they are archived in multiple formats uh, for multiple purposes. And, And also setting the conditions for more storytelling to happen. And also storytelling is about connection. And Mm -hmm. what I hear you're, you saying is what's next for you is figuring out the ways to, build opportunities for connection through storytelling. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today on the Learning to Change podcast, Graham. I have certainly thought a lot more about storytelling and coaching in our conversation than I've 
probably paid it credit to in months past. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me today on the Learning to Change podcast. I hope you found our discussion insightful and inspiring. As we continue to explore the power of learning and its impact on change, remember that it's not about pushing yourself or others to change, but about embracing the process of learning. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. If you're ready to take your learning journey to the next level or bring about a culture of learning in your organization, join us in our free Modern Learners community. We are here to help you navigate the challenges and celebrate the successes that come with embracing learning and change. Simply go to modernlearners.community and join us today. You'll find all the resources from today's show in there. Until next time, Stay curious and remember, I'm not asking you to change, I'm asking you to learn. Learning to Change is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Lou Blaser. Marty Seafelt edits our episodes. Our production assistant is Emily Kilduff. And Sean McMullen is our executive producer. Learning to Change is recorded on the stolen land of the Sauk and Fox tribes, the Miami Nation, the Osati, Shakawi, Sioux, Ho-Chunk, and Kickapoo peoples. Thank you.